Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and I am so glad to be able to be here with you today as we begin our celebration of the 12 days of Christmas. Uh, yeah, that's so we, we have the season of Advent, which is preparation for the birth of Jesus and Christmas Day, and then, then we get to celebrate for 12 more days that takes us all the way to the season of Epiphany. Epiphany is when the wise men showed up and, and uh, worshipped Jesus, the newborn king, and uh, he wasn't quite so newborn probably, uh, but it's the season of excitement about Christmas. And so my hope is that you have joined us just full of still the Christmas spirit. Maybe you have finished unwrapping all of your presents, uh, but maybe, hopefully, we can all continue to, to bask in the glow of the presence of God as we continue uh, and, and move forward into this new year. Hey, it's New Year's Day, so happy New Year's to you. Uh, my hope is that you are having a great New Year's Day and, and that you have started all of those uh, hard-held resolutions. Maybe one of them is coming to church every, every week. Uh, that would be my hope. Uh, but my, my thought is, um, what, what are the, the major things that you do for New Year's Day? What, what are those resolutions that you have? For me, I'm, I'm not great at resolutions, mostly because I'm not great at keeping resolutions. Maybe you're better at it than I am. Um, but honestly, I, I struggle with keeping my resolution. So I thought we would start by looking at the top 10, the top 10 resolutions uh, that, that people have in America. Uh, this was the 2022 top 10, uh, mostly because not everybody had come up with their resolutions already, but here is what they started with. Number 10, number 10, read more. Take some more time to read those books or uh, those authors that you are passionate about. Take some time to take a look at some of the new literature. Maybe it's uh, fiction or nonfiction, whatever you, floats your boat, but maybe you wanted to read a little bit more. Maybe that's you. Uh, number nine, travel more. Travel more and, and get out and see more of the world. Maybe just get out and see more of Springfield or more of the Ozarks or more of uh, America. Maybe it's the entirety of the world, but to travel more. That's the number nine most, most uh, pursued resolution. Number eight, spend more time with family and friends, with friends and family. Uh, spend more time in relationship. Spend more time building those relationships, making memories, and, and enjoying life. Uh, number seven, quit smoking. Um, I, I, if you are, are uh, experiencing this, this, this is one of the hardest ones to keep. It, it really is. Um, so be praying with you, for you, and uh, hopeful for you as well. Number six, number six uh, is to save money. Maybe it's budgeting. Maybe it's making a, a new money plan. Maybe it's just not spending so much on all of the excesses so that you have a little bit of a safety net in case something crazy goes on, but save money. Number five is not <laughs> saving money. Live life to the fullest. 
uh, go and experience life, the deepest fullness and the richness of life in every way that you can. Um, and that's number five. Number four, number four is to learn a new skill or hobby, to take some time to learn a new skill or hobby, uh, to, to find out what that would be. I, I have a friend who decided they were going to take up uh, they were going to take up scuba diving this year. And so they're, they're making some plans uh, on how to do that. And, and so learning that new skill or hobby. Number three, the number three most thought of resolution is to get organized. Maybe it's that closet under your stairs or that closet in your room. Maybe it's just your kitchen and your cabinets. Maybe it's just your house in general that you just want to get more organized. Maybe it's your life or, or your work. Maybe you want to get more organized so that you are better prepared for the next year. And the number two most thought of resolution is to lose weight, to lose a little bit of weight, to be healthy um, in, in what you eat so that you can lose some weight and do more. And the number one, the number one resolution is to exercise more to get out and do more exercise, to be more physically fit, to go and do more um, and to experience, uh, or not experience, but to exercise more. And I, I, love, uh, I love those resolutions because at one point in my life or another, I've probably done all of those 10 resolutions, trying to uh, change things in my life, uh, trying to make a difference. And uh, when, I, when I started preparing for this message, you know what? I, I asked myself the question, where did resolutions even come from? Who were the first people to do New Year's resolutions, um, because mostly I want to yell at them because I, every year I have these things in my head that I'm going to do. I don't ever write them down because I'm so bad at them, but every year there are these things in my head. And, and, and so, I, you know, who, who was it that, that started all of this? And I, I, according to the History Channel, um, about 4,000 years ago, the Babylonians were the first to record celebrations of the new year. Now, their new year was not January 1st. Uh, instead, their new year was around March because it was the new season of planting, and that's a time for new beginning for them. And, and I think that's kind of what, what, what moves us during this time to make those resolutions because it's a great time for new beginnings uh, because the the... We, we recognize that we have made it another year around the sun, not our birthday, but the annual, the annual time of New Year's for the world. And so it's a great time for new beginnings. So why, why don't we just join into that? It's a new year and a new me, or a new year and a new you. Uh, and, and for me, I, I typically do three things. I, I, I think uh, about three different types of things that I want to make different in my life. Every, every New Year's, I do this. Um, I, I look at food, the type of food that I'm eating. I, I want to be more healthy. I, I want to uh, not necessarily go to the gym because I've already proven that that doesn't always work out well for me. But I want to eat more healthy. I want to exercise more. I want to live more healthy, uh, a more healthy lifestyle. That's, that's typically 
uh, high on my list of resolution priorities. Uh, the second is I really want to spend more time with my family, especially now uh, with a new family, um, just trying to, to build those relationships, trying to build those memories, trying to do life well together. Um, and then I always integrate into that my faith. I want to build on my faith every year so that it is better than it was last year. Um, and maybe, maybe like me, you struggle with succeeding in whatever your resolutions are. And they only last a few months at most. Maybe you, 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 you start out strong, but then find yourself trailing off. The gym is packed, packed full of people in January, but typically it's empty by March. And you do well for eating or watching your food intake for a couple of months, but man, other food is so good. Don't get me started on how yummy cake is. Uh, so uh, maybe I'll cheat a little bit now and then. Maybe I'll cheat more. Maybe I'll just give up. Uh, and, and, you know, starting new hobbies just takes so much time, so much time and effort. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll start strong, but then I trail off and uh, no time for hobbies, so that's definitely going to make travel a little bit more difficult. Plus, if I'm trying to watch what I'm spending, traveling is going to be on a shoestring budget, and man, that's, that's hard to pull together. And with all the other things I have going on, oh, it can be difficult to find time for family and friends. The, the problem is that change is hard. <laughs> change is hard. Making transformative change is really hard. And change is almost impossible if our hearts aren't in it, if it's not the passion of our hearts. When I decided to quit smoking for the 56th time years ago, uh, it was only finally because my heart was in it that I was successful. Our hearts need to be in it for change to stick, for change to be there. Uh, you get a prognosis or a diagnosis and you need to lose weight so that you can do something or receive something or be more healthy because you are on the ropes and man, your heart is all the way in it. Or, or uh, you desire a change because you want uh, so badly for something different to occur and, and, and your heart is in it. Uh, Emily Dickinson says, the heart wants what the heart wants or else it does not care. The heart wants what the heart wants or else it does not care. The heart is so, so key to making change in our lives. The heart is the only way. You got to get your heart involved if you want to be successful in making change. And, and the reality is that true change begins and ends in the heart. You're not going to be successful with true transformation, true change that breaks you out of the old paths, the old ways of life. True change begins and ends in the heart. That's why we're starting this brand new worship series. This series called Wholehearted. The idea about being wholehearted in our relationship with God. 
I, I want to throw out one of, the, one of the, the, the biggest requests I have for you all and for me this resolution season that we could become wholehearted followers of God. Um, we, we recognize that, that it's difficult without, without having our hearts in it. And you know what's interesting is that God recognizes that too, because God starts with our hearts as well. Uh, he has a relationship with the people of Israel. They've been in bondage in, in, in Egypt for 400 years, and God sends Moses to liberate them, to free them from the, the, the slavery uh, in Egypt and, and to lead them into the promised land. And so Moses goes and signs and wonders are beheld and, and they walk across the sea on dry land and, and they go to the mountain. And there God meets them on the mountain and provides for them the law, the rules and regulations, how you can live better, how you can be better, how you can allow God to transform you was presented to the Israelites at the, at the mountain of Sinai where God met with Moses. And it begins this way, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Love God. The commandments start in their heart. Love God with all you are because then, then God's commandments will be meaningful. Then God's commandments will take effect. Then your desire is to do what God wants. God should be their passion. That's, that's what God is calling us to. Not just them. And we can look at the Old Testament and we can struggle because, well, it was the Old Testament and, and that sounds retro and, and not so cool. And the reality was that was the only testament that Jesus grew up with. And, and so when Jesus experiences life here as one of us, God with us, that is what Jesus draws on. And Jesus loves God with all of his heart. And it changes everything for us because he is obedient even to death on a cross. One day, while Jesus had been having a conversation with the elders and teachers of the law, um, he, he has an interaction with one of the teachers. And it says this in Mark's gospel, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, when we think of all the commandments, we think of maybe the, the 
top 10, right? The 10 commandments. But uh, this, this teacher of the law is, is asking a real question to Jesus. And, and so Jesus decides, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a real answer. Normally, Jesus responds in question so that others will have to, to think through it or, or to challenge them if they are challenging him. But in this instant, God in Christ, the, the person of Jesus, recognizes that this young man, this teacher of the law, is serious in his question. What's the most important commandment? And it's not one of the ten. It's part of the 512 commandments that are out there in the Old Testament. But it comes before. It precedes them. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God the Lord is one. Should sound pretty familiar. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Jesus sums up the law and the prophets in this statement. He says, everything hangs on these two things. Love God with everything you are. Be wholehearted. And then he adds the second commandment. Be wholehearted for God so that you can be wholehearted in relationship with your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. And, and the teacher responds, well said, teacher. The man replied, you are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. <laughs> Woo! Uh, this, this means that when Jesus says, hey, uh, love God and love your neighbor as yourself, those are the most important, that means that they are superseding the rest of the law and the prophets. They are more important even than the sacrificial system that was put in place so that you could be made in line with God, so that your heart could be aligned with God, because it was in that place, in the, the desire to love God with everything you are, that everything can change. Because the truth is, the reality is, that if your heart is aligned with God, even your failures can be God's victories. If your heart is aligned with God, you don't need the sacrificial system because God is right there with you through the whole thing. If your heart is aligned with God, you have received this gift from God and it changes everything because your heart, in your heart, you burn with a desire to be more like Christ. The idea of loving God and loving neighbor is at the core of the relationship that Christ is encouraging for each and every one of us. And he makes, he makes that possible. 
When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions because they knew that he was right. They knew that he was right. The point that we need to hear is that we need to be wholehearted for God. We need to be wholehearted in our relationship with God, in our relationship with Christ, in our relationship with others, because that is where true transformation happens. That is when true transformation happens. That is when God moves in us and changes us. And and being half-hearted, being half-hearted just won't cut it. It just won't cut it. And so we lean into the relationship with God and we say, God, make a difference in my heart. Help me to love you with everything I have. Help me to surrender all I am over to you. If you truly want change, if you truly want to have a resolution that will bring about transformation in your life, This is the best way to go about it. (laughs) Not just changing your priorities, but a change in heart. Because that changes your life. You have to put God first. Number one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love the Lord your God. Number one, and shift that head knowledge to a heart reality. Not just, not just know what Jesus said, but love God and live out what Jesus tells us to do. Love God and love neighbor with your whole heart. God is calling us to be wholehearted. And so if you believe in God, if you believe that Jesus came to make a difference in the world, then what's keeping you from this step? What's keeping you from saying, God, I'm all yours? What's preventing you from entering into that type of reality? Maybe maybe you're too busy. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're hurting. Love God and live for Christ. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You're tired? You're busy? Go to Jesus wholeheartedly. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus came so that we might have true life. He wants to give us rest and a purpose, give us hope. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Not just a little bit of life, but the fullness of life 
in Christ. This is where God enters into the world and enters into our story. Christ wants you to have a new life. Christ wants you to have a new reality. Christ came so that all of your history and the brokenness and the failures that you have had can become God's victories because you surrendered your life over to Him. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to become wholehearted in our relationship with God so that we can love God with everything we are and so that we can love our neighbor as ourselves. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, you have done a mighty and powerful work in this world. You have given us the gift of Jesus, the transforming love of your Son that has entered into the world to be God with us, to do life alongside us, to inspire us, and to pour your Holy Spirit out upon us so that we can be made new in you. So, Father, change our hearts. Transform us from the inside out that our hearts and minds and spirits are focused on you. Even more, that we are head over heels in love with you. That you are our passion and our desire. That we long to do your work here and now. That we long to live for you here and now. And and maybe there are some of us here that have been taking baby steps in our faith or we've never even taken a step in the direction of you. And so God, I just pray that you would be with, with all of us in this moment. That you would inspire us to say, God, I need you. Help me to be wholehearted even if I don't know what that means, even if I don't understand how to do that, God, be with me now and help me to be wholehearted in my relationship with you so that I can live well and have a good relationship with others in your world. Help me to be wholehearted now and always. We pray this together in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, Amen.